0: From the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, powered by Edge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. We are in the lab today. Breaking down four important reasons why you should be tracking in-game stats if you're not doing so. And if you are doing so, well done. And are you using these four things to the best of your benefit? And if there's more than four, which I'm sure there are, please reach out to me. Contact at I want to know what those four are because I want to get better as well. And I love helping other coaches. So then I can help share the word to other people. I think that's one of the biggest benefits that I have is, uh, you know, I I just keep getting more connected, right? Through the podcast, through social media, and most of all, just through word of mouth, right? You, You work with people, you treat people well, you keep, I keep running all these camps all over the place. And one coach leads to another coach leads to another coach. And it's just a really cool thing. So being able to learn what other coaches are doing and uh, obviously not sharing any like secrets that they wouldn't want me to tell anybody else but that's the cool thing about coaches coaches are very open to sharing the game and that's what I love love to do so as we dig into this I'll share four reasons uh, why you should be tracking in-game stats and then I'll give you some examples of in-game stats that I like to track and share some of my Personal experiences uh, as an assistant, and what some of my responsibilities were uh, in tracking some in game stats as well. But it always comes down to showing the why. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm walking through a couple of things with Coach's Edge.coach um, so you can see a little bit of where you can find some of this information. If you are a member, if you're not a member, you jump in Coach's All right. So, anyway, the number one reason why we should be tracking in game stats are for immediate feedback. Obviously, we all have plenty of stats that we track, and we can look at those after a game, evaluate, and think about, okay, how does that affect what we're working on, some of our strategies, and then moving on from there. We want immediate feedback, and whether you're tracking through an iPad or you have an Excel doc, like I'll show you and walk through in a little bit. Having the immediate feedback is really important because you may feel like, boy, I feel like we're getting killed on the boards. I feel like we're getting killed on the boards. But instead you can say, hey, we've given up four offensive rebounds within the first four minutes of the game. Here's the stats. We're getting killed on the glass. Right, and then you can go about you know, what's the other team doing and, and coaching and all those, but you have some information to back it up. Man, I feel like we're just being sloppy with the basketball. Well, you got some stats in the first half. We turned the ball over five more times than the other team. Here's how we were making some of those mistakes. Here's what the defense was doing. We're getting the immediate feedback. Okay. Number two, we can find some trends. And this was super interesting. And I don't know if we would have really, we certainly wouldn't have had this information if we didn't track it. But I don't know if we would have found this trend as early as we did. And so, Uh, I'll talk about when I was an assistant in Perrysburg. Shout out to Coach Boyce, still doing his thing. As I'm recording this, they had a big win against uh, Whitmer uh, in Toledo last night. They got a squad, once again, always. Dude can coach. Dude can flat out coach. Finding trends. So one season when I was there was my job to track uh, five key stats. And what we broke down was we broke the game down into eight. Periods. So instead of four quarters, we broke down eight periods. So every four minutes, we would start these five stats that we tracked over, and that would give us some trends that we could we could look at. And obviously, um, it was very beneficial for us during timeouts and at halftime and even end game. Just quick look at some of these important things that led to winning, and we could see how we did. And we felt like if we won. You know, three out of those five things, we were going to have a good chance to win. If we won, you know, four, really good chance, five, for sure, we're going to win the game. But we were able to track some trends. And one of our trends was that during the first four minutes of that first quarter, we came out slow. And then the second four minutes of the first quarter, we'd fight back. And so usually we would have a first quarter that was around tied. A lot of times. And I'm the year I'm specifically thinking of, we won the NLL championship. We tied with Anthony Wayne for first place. In fact, I think we were picked to finish fifth in the conference that year. And we wind up winning. It was a big deal. Like kids just overachieved bought in system. Everything was awesome. And we had a trend of starting game slow, specifically the first four minutes. And then we bounced back and You know, you look back at the stats for a handful of games, you're like, man, every game in the first four minutes, we're down, you know, nine to four, you know, seven to three, you know, eight to four. And and you're just like, man, we're, we're just we're not throwing the first punch, you know, and a lot of times we'd have to call a timeout somewhere halfway through the first quarter, kind of regroup and then kids would kind of reset, bounce back. And we generally be close to tied or around tied at the end of the first quarter. Well, one of the things that we found out was we were really good at playing with a lead games that we came out and, and got a lead in the first quarter. We had a really, you know, combined with the coaching staff and the player personnel. If we got a lead on you, chances are we were going to keep it throughout the course of the game. And so it was, huge for us if we could just get a jump start and be ahead at the end of the first quarter that was great but it was very difficult for us to do because we were a slow starting team and so this trend that we were able to pick up because we were tracking in-game stats I think allowed us to be effective enough to win the league championship because it was something that we were able to notice I think earlier in the season than maybe we normally would have we had the stats and numbers to back it up We were able to address it. And that was something that as the season went on, we were able to emphasize more as far as getting a good start and making sure that our players were prepared with how we needed to come out of the gate. So you're able to find some trends when you track in-game stats. Number three, it tells us what to practice. As coaches, we have this idea of the things that we should be practicing throughout the course of a season and Sometimes we can be wrong. Let's be honest. Sometimes we can be wrong. You know, we think we need to practice these different things. And then we look at the numbers and it's like, actually, we need to practice uh, shooting our free throws and not getting to the free throw line. Or actually we need to practice uh, handling the basketball against pressure and less time running our half-court offense, for example, because we rarely get to our half-court offense because teams are pressuring and trapping uh, and pressing us the the game. And there's actually a smaller percentage of the game that we're in a half-court set just running our offense. And we practice that for a large period of time during our practice. Okay, well, our practices need to reflect what we're encountering in a game. That needs to be more full-court pressure, handling pressure, uh, playing with more tempo because that's what we're doing. So it tells us what we need to practice our mind can deceive us having some numbers to back it up is helpful and then number four this is a man this is a big one like i maybe i should have started with this one first it gives our assistant coaches some responsibilities and as i watch high school basketball games This is across the board. There are some high school coaches who have all their assistants and they are like locked in. They all have a specific job or responsibility and they're just like, bop, 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 bop. And I'm not saying that's the only right way to do it. There's, it's not, there's more than one right way to do things. But I say that because I see other programs, they have their head coach and they are coaching. And then you might have an assistant or two on the bench and In my opinion, they're more like fans than coaches. They are uh, celebrating a good play. They are like, "Oh, oh, when something bad happens. And then they huckle the refs and give the refs a hard time, which is not something that you want your assistant coaches to be doing is getting the officials in a bad mood and riled up. But I see that a lot with assistant coaches. So give them a responsibility, give them something to do, because if you don't lay out for them what they should do, sometimes they just become fans with really good seats. Right. And occasionally there might be a tidbit that they coach up to the kids or or give you some information as a head coach, but they're just fans with really good seats and that can be a distraction when they're supposed to be coaching. So give them some responsibilities give them the responsibility one of them to track in-game stats and then when something jumps out at them throughout the course of the game they see one of these things that's heading in the wrong direction then they tell it to you as the head coach and then you can address it to the team whether that's mid-game whether that's end of quarter whether that's halftime and it becomes very vital and a very uh well used way to you know, utilize your coaches, man, utilize your coaches. You got them on the bench. And, you know, there's some programs that I see. I just don't think they utilize their assistant coaches as well as they could. So those are the four reasons why we should be tracking in-game stats for not. And I'm going to give you some in-game stats to track if you're not doing it. So again, we get immediate feedback in game. Number two, we're able to find some trends throughout courses of, of games. If, you know, uh, like I remember my high school team, we were, we usually, um, we were like a second half team, right? So it would have been really helpful to have a couple extra stats to back that up because, um, you know, usually we just kind of mess around with the team in the first half and then we'd push the tempo in the second half and just, you know, do our thing. So, um, that information can be really helpful. Here's some in-game stats. But let me go back. You got to give the coaches some responsibilities. If you're not doing that, if your assistant coaches don't have enough responsibilities, things can get out of hand in a negative way. And uh, it's not that you don't have great assistant coaches. It's not that they don't mean well. Um, it's just we need something to do that can be more productive. So what are some in-game stats you can track? So I'm on um, coachesedge.coach watch watching on YouTube. I'll go to in-game stats. And that's going to download our Excel doc. I'm going to open a folder right here. And I'm going to show you some of the in-game stats. So if you're familiar with the four factors, these are definitely important parts of any game. right? So um, they go hand in hand. But what I want to emphasize is get an Excel doc or a sheet of paper, break it down to eight periods instead of the four quarters. You got your home team stats, you got your opponent stats, and then what are some of the things that are really vital to you that you believe will lead to winning? Like I have a note in the bottom of this one right here, and I'm imagining a varsity boys basketball team in the Midwest, and my assistant coach, Bone, would always say this. He's like, first team to 50 wins the game almost every single time. He's like, we got to be the first team to 50. We'll win. And it was true based on the style of play, the location, how most teams played. And so that's just a note that we have. Can we be the first team to 50? With that said, what are some things that we want to take notes of? Could be fast break points. All right. So what's the fast break point uh, breakdown for all eight periods of the game? What's the free throws? Free throw differential. Are you getting to the free throw line? Are you limiting the amount of times other teams get to the free throw line? We're tracking offensive rebounds. This can be a big one. Are you giving up offensive rebounds? Even if you're not a great offensive rebounding team, offensive rebounds are something that we need to uh, make sure that we're not giving up. And then obviously defense. Are we causing turnovers? Offensively, are we able to hand, handle pressure? And we're not turning the basketball over ourselves. So are we keeping track of our turnovers? We had a kid when I was coaching at uh, Univille seabling all conference player he he's like he had the hiccups to start every game. He turned the ball over to start every single game. I would say out of twenty games over half of those games, the first possession he had the ball, he would turn it over. and we never found like the the fix for it. It was like he had to get it out of his system. He would do something crazy at the beginning of every possession. It was the strangest thing, right? but is super important information at the same time um, so that we can try to co- coach it out of them. Another thing, if we're trying to get to 50 first, all right. If we're trying to get to 50 first and you divided 50 by eight, all right. Or close to it. What's a number that you would be able to pass 50 and hold the opponent below 50 broken down by eight different periods. That number seven, all right? So one little note that I like to put down, you'll see it in this Excel doc, is for those eight periods, were we able to score seven points or more? And then for the opponent, were we able to hold our opponent to six points or less during those four-minute periods? Six times eight is 48 points. That means the team didn't get to 50. Seven times eight is 56 we got over the 50 point mark, we win that game, okay? So it's uh, also very good information. This is uh, more result based than, you know, some of the nitty gritty of like, how do we get to the foul line? How do we create transition, get into the glass? But it's really good information to have because you may also see a trend that says, man, starting the third quarter, we really seem to have a slow start Other teams are always getting, you know, double figure points on us within the first four minutes of the third quarter. That puts us in a big hole, and we can't seem to, um, you know, get out of it. And so it could even become some type of reward system. You know, you're letting your kids know a few of these things. Be like, hey, like, let's lock in. Let's lock in. They got six points, and there's you know one minute left in this period of the game like no more buckets no more buckets let's lock in defensively so we can win this period and it also gives you some small wins like let's say you didn't score 7 points or more in a given period but the other team hasn't gotten to to 6 right and so you can get that small win by saying hey maybe we didn't shoot it that well this specific period but defensively hey we were locked in they weren't scoring either that's a big deal okay um and then talking with another one of our coaches, yes, this is information that we use in game. So if we're tracking fast break points, free throws, offensive rebounds, turnovers, if there's anything that jumps out as an assistant coach, I'm making sure that I'm relaying that to the head coach, right? So that we can address it. We can put our heads together, see if there's something that we can fix throughout the course of the game so that we can play play better. Now, I mentioned four, of five key stats to track in game. I'm open to change, right? So as you're listening to this and there's a key stat that I haven't mentioned and you say, man, this is really important for our team. Let me know. And I'll change some of that. So the four that I'm I'm pretty locked in on right now are fast break points, free throws, offensive rebounds, and turnovers. The fifth one is contested mid range shots. I want to make sure that my team doesn't take contested mid range shots because that's not a high level shot. It's usually a three or five. If you're familiar with our uh, shooting scale, we want to hunt sevens and nines and we want to make the opponent take mid range shots. We're probably going to win. And what I mean by contested mid range shots, the reason that I'm not that this would be like the fifth most important one out of the five is just the mid range shot in general there are certain high school teams I work with and they've like totally cut it out and say, we only get to the rim and we only shoot threes, but there's other teams that I've observed and that I've worked with where the mid range shot is probably a better shot than a three for them because they're so bad at shooting threes. Right. So if you think, um, if there's a team that shoots, um, like 10% from the three point line, right. That's, Pretty bad, right? So that would be a 15% effective field goal percentage, but they're shooting 25% on open mid-range shots. That's 10% better. That's huge. That's dramatic. Right. And so instead of saying, hey, we're not going to shoot those mid-range shots, even though we're getting 10% more from a effective field goal percentage standpoint. No, we're going to try to shoot open mid-range shots, and we're not going to shoot against the contested ones. Um, so knowing some teams that still want to shoot some of the mid range and just get good looks from the mid range. Um, that's why this is a uh, more dependent on the structure and the system, because if you're a team that does shoot more mid range shots, you're naturally going to be shooting every once in a while against some more contests, even though you don't want to compare to a team. That's like, Hey, we don't even shoot them at all. So this isn't really a important stat. To track with that said defensively if I can force teams into contested mid-range shots I feel pretty good about my chances of winning meaning if I can run them off the three-point line if I can keep them out of the paint and then we can test that shot pretty good position to be in Jeff Van Gundy had a really great analogy as far as outdoor pets so hang with me on this because it was really good The paint is the house. Outside of the paint and inside the three-point line is your yard. And then the three-point line is the fence. And outside of the fence, that's not your property anymore. So if you have an outdoor pet, you don't want them in the house, right? They can't go in the house. And they got to stay inside the fence because they go outside the fence. They're going to run away. They're going to get hit by a car. All this bad stuff is going to happen. So if we can keep our outdoor pets in inside the fence and outside the house, that's where we want them. And that's how we want to have our opponents take shots, right? We want to keep them in the yard. Basically when they're taking shots, they can't be outside the fence. They can't be in the house. I hope that makes sense. I thought it was a good analogy. So if you think about it that way, um, defensively, that's still something that's going to lead to some wins for, for us. So, if you're curious about the Excel doc that we have for our coaches coach members, it's super simple sheet. You can make this up on your own. Just shoot me an email contact at or find me on Twitter. It's at Coaches Edge One or at Kramer B Ball uh, is my personal Twitter account. And I could email you uh, this over just so you can get an idea and then make your own. And as I said before, if there's certain things that you found really beneficial to track in-game stats, uh, please let me know as well. And I would love to see if, hey, maybe maybe you change my mind on some of these things and I'll put them in there and mention it as well. So thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. I hope that you found this found this beneficial. If there's anything that I can do for you. Uh, please let me know whether it's coachesedge.coach, whether it's, um, you know, it's crazy to say being in December but we're already rolling into scheduling our spring and our summer camps and all those things, which is a super busy, busy time of year. But right now I'm really enjoying watching some game film and being home uh, a little bit more often um, from our travel schedule is pretty great. So anything I can do for you coaches, let me know. Thanks for listening and get after it today.